Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. So today we're going to talk about COVID-19 and adoption updates. Unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic has continued to be an issue across the United States and further. And it does have an impact on adoptions. And today we're going to just try to do a catch up so everybody can know what's going on. We've done these you know, as the um, pandemic, when it started and and up to date. So this is just an update on the COVID-19 and what to expect in terms of adoption and where it may or may not impact you. So as an adoption agency, um, we are taking full COVID-19 precautions. Masks in our office are mandatory. We are doing temperature checks upon coming into our office. Uh, We are following all social distancing guidelines. We do use medical grade air purifiers throughout the office. Um, We do have acrylic shields in the office. So when you sit down with one of our workers, there is uh, a shield between you and them. We are recommending and advising hand washing and hand sanitizer. It's available when you come in. And our offices are professionally cleaned and sanitized daily by an out external company. So we are going above and beyond and doing everything that we can to keep everybody safe. And there has been a spike in Arizona. So that's obviously an impact and you can only control what you can control. So you're doing the best you can. We are doing the best we can. And, you know, it's not just in Arizona. I mean, California, they're calling, you know, a purple state at the moment because it's they're in the purple, I guess, level in terms of their Hmm. case numbers. In Maricopa County, uh, some hospitals have eased up on their protocols regarding visitors and support people during labor and delivery. Some have not. However, because the numbers are rising, we are beginning to see them restrict again. Another thing that we are prepping birth mothers and adoptive families for is when a baby was in the NICU for an extended period of time or they had to remain in the hospital, we usually held a visit at the office before the adoptive family you know, went home if they were out of state with the adoptive family and the birth mother and the baby. And right now with the pandemic, we're not really able to do that because unfortunately we have to do everything to minimize any possible exposure. So with that being said, in order for us to, to really have a visit in that um, aspect, we would have to have 
a doctor give us permission, uh, a pediatrician, and even they're hesitant to do that because if you have a baby that has been in a NICU or in the hospital for a medical reason for a prolonged period of time, their immune system may be compromised. And that being the case, they may be more susceptible. And so again, um, we're doing everything we can, but those visits are not always able to happen right now. And that's disappointing because I know that everybody looks forward to, to those visits. So there was an interesting article from the Washington Post uh, that is, I don't want to say it's controversial, but it has been contested. And so it's reporting that pregnant women are more likely to die from the coronavirus, uh, though the risk remains small. I think, you know, when you see headlines like this, they're alarming. And people panic. This causes, you know, hysteria. And just because somebody, you know, a study may state this population is more likely, that doesn't mean that they're going to or they're seeing vast numbers because there are some other studies that we have read where it says the opposite, that they're not anymore at a higher risk. So again, it's controversial. So, but I wanted to look into this one because again, we're talking about a very, very, very small percentage rate. And again, this is uh, just us reporting on this Washington Post article, which said that uh, pregnant women who catch the coronavirus are at greater risk of death and severe illness than women who are not pregnant, even as that risk overall remains small, according to federal statistics released on the 2nd of November. The data, the most comprehensive U.S. accounting to date on how the virus affects pregnant women, shows that pregnant women are almost three times more likely to be admitted to intensive care units and more than three times more likely to be put on a ventilator. The findings echo previous studies that link pregnancy to increased risk for severe illness. The overall risk to pregnant women remains small because they tend to be younger and healthy, according to this report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And they said that out of 19,600 pregnant women studied, 33 died, which is a 2% death, or I'm sorry, excuse me, a 0.2% death rate. And for women who are not pregnant, the death rate was a 0.1%. Um, the, CD, the CDC also reinforced findings about the disparate path of the pandemic in the United States with black, Hispanic, and Asian women at greater peril from the virus. The report draws on data from the CDC collected from hospitals throughout the country. It found 1.1% of pregnant women were admitted to the ICU after being diagnosed with COVID-19, the disease caused by the virus, compared with 0.4% of women who were not pregnant. The rate requiring ventilation was 0.3% for pregnant women and 0.1% for other women. So the researchers believe that this increased risk may be attributable to physiological changes that occur with pregnancy, such as increased heart rate and oxygen consumption, decreased lung capacity, and shifts in the body's immune system. They also released data on the second showing that pregnant women infected with the virus were more likely to have preterm births. Among 3,912 births, 12.9% were preterm compared to 10.2% among the general U.S. population in 2019. So again, I think that pretty much just sets the stage. I mean, when you are a pregnant woman, you're at risk for a lot of things mm-hmm. and more than the more than the woman next to you who is not pregnant. And so I think this just kind of echoes that again, there were studies that stated that they were not at a higher risk. Um, 
you know, we have been um, watching and and staying on top of what's been going on. And so, again, we're just sharing that with our listeners because we did come across that. The other the other piece that I think is very relevant is there are studies that have looked at childbirth experiences during COVID in the United States and what they have found. Yeah, so this new study by Elizabeth Mullard of the University of Madre- Nebraska Medical Center and Amaya Whitmayek from the University of Virginia School of Medicine said that uh, pregnant women may feel less supported during their childbirth experience due to the changes in the maternity unit practices related to the pandemic. So policies in healthcare administration changed overnight with telehealth rather than in-person consultations, the universal requirements of masking and facing the risk of contracting the virus during their hospital visits. So women no longer know for sure whether they would have their birth partners attending their delivery. Again, any symptom which could suggest COVID-19 often initiates practices to contain the virus. Earlier, immediate isolation of the newborn and breastfeeding avoidance was routinely carried out in some centers rather than the immediate skin-to-skin contact after birth, early breastfeeding, and rooming in. So over a fifth of women reported feeling unsafe in the maternity unit. Again, over 60% of women in this study said that they were not well-supported during childbirth, perhaps because they could not have their friends, doulas, or family members with them. Professional bodies have emphasized that hospitals are safe places to give birth, irrespective of the pandemic. Still, the study may show that the change in practices related to the pandemic has led to women losing their security and control during childbirth. And we've talked a lot about how they need that control to some degree. Cesarean delivery was more likely among women with a positive diagnosis. The study concludes that healthcare policy and maternity care practices should focus not only on keeping women safe from COVID-19 infections, but also on ways to increase women's overall feelings of safety and control in their birthing environment. You know, and I would say that in my experience over the last eight months plus, uh, Mm -hmm. this is spot on. There's so much ambiguity right now when a woman does go into hospital to deliver. Because if she does go in with symptoms, you know, oftentimes they will move her right to isolation until they get a negative COVID test. Uh, They will try to, um, you know, they're coming in gowned up, they've got the masks on. And, And to be fair, when you're, when you're in labor and you're preparing to deliver, you feel very vulnerable as it is Mm -hmm. because you're in a lot of pain and it, it can be scary, especially if you're having a C-section and when people are coming in and they're now wearing masks, whereas maybe they weren't, you know, wearing masks in the past, um, if you're just having, you know, a regular labor or delivery, it is more intimidating because you can't see their, their faces and they, they can't smile. You can't see their smiles and their encouragement. And mm-hmm. so it does put up a barrier and lots of birth mothers or women delivering cannot have a support person. So they're depending and relying solely on this hospital staff with whom they don't really know them. I mean, they may know their doctor who comes in, you know, at the end to deliver the baby and then, you know, leaves again, but to not have somebody there is really hard. It is, it, it is something that as a society, I think we are learning more how important it is to have a support person almost no matter what during labor and delivery. And I, and I hope that if for some reason the pandemic does continue 
and we are faced with this for longer periods of time than we're all hoping we are, that we can figure out a way so this doesn't have to continue to happen. Yeah, I can't imagine not having somebody in there right. that you know. That's what makes it so tragic because we are trying to keep the mother, the baby, and anybody else involved safe. You know, this kind of reminds me when I was um, with my my birth mother and she was in the ICU and she was in a coma mm-hmm. and they she had tested positive for C. diff. And so that meant that everybody who came into the room had to totally gown up. You know, we had to wear gloves and masks and this like paper robe type thing over your clothes. And I remember looking around and thinking if she was awake or she woke up to this and saw us all, you know, wearing these blue green like costumes, basically. Right. That would be really intimidating. Absolutely. I mean, and like you say, you can't see people's facial expressions. You can't see the support. I can't even imagine. Yeah. So I think that, again, we just need to give not only all of the frontline healthcare workers grace, but mm-hmm. when a woman is is going into the hospital and she's going to deliver, just to understand that this is hard. And for adoptive families who are not able to get into the hospital as quickly as you would like to due to hospital regulations or, you know, it's not the hospital experience of your dreams, know that it's not your birth mother's hospital experience either of her dreams. This is Mm -hmm. not what she had intended. This is not what she had wanted. You know, many, many women prior to uh, COVID happening when they were going into the hospital and they were having an adoption plan, they would want the adoptive mom to be in the room and they would want the birth the adoptive father to cut the cord and they wanted them to be a part of this beautiful experience. And it's disappointing for everybody. And so again, just, and I guess just like the rest of the world right now, we're just hoping that this passes and we can get back to some semblance of normalcy, you know? Yes, absolutely. All right. So going on to the last study that I wanted to, to look at, Mm -hmm. um, regarding uh, newborns getting COVID. I'm going to let you take this away, Ron. Absolutely. So according to Healthline.com, newborns are at low risk for getting COVID-19 from mothers. According to the research, they say that it's rare for coronavirus that causes COVID-19 to be transmitted from the mother to the infant before birth. They say it's important to practice safety protocols such as mask wearing and hand washing after a baby's born. Experts also recommend new mothers breastfeed their infants if possible because the nutrients can provide a protective benefit. Mothers who contract SARS-CoV-2 only rarely transmit the virus to their children in utero or even after birth as long as proper hygiene practices are followed. This is according to a new small study conducted by researchers at Columbia University Irving Medical Center and and New York Presbyterian Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital, it found that one out of 101 newborns born to COVID-19 positive moms, just two tested positive for the virus. Of those two infants, neither showed signs of illness, the study in JAMA Pediatrics Trusted Source reported. So far, for COVID-19, there doesn't appear to be a significant vertical transmission But in this study, the mothers with serious COVID-19 symptoms delivered only about one week earlier than the mothers with mild or no symptoms. 
we know now that infants do get COVID-19 from their infected mothers. It's just not very common, but it does happen, according to Mark Schleiss, a professor at the University of Minnesota Medical Center and an investigator for the Institute for Molecular Virology. He told that to Headline. It happens to be by two roots across the placenta while the baby is still in the womb and after birth from face-to-face -face contact. Why COVID-19 appears to be less communicable from mother to baby than some other viruses is unclear to them. All right. So, again, this is good news, I would mm -hmm. say. Here's some COVID good news. <laughs> right. If there is such thing. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's good to know that, of course, it's not impossible for the babies to get, but it's highly unlikely. They said, what, two out of 101 in the study, so. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so, I mean, again, like I said, that's that's overall, I think, good news. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's obviously a lot of people's concern is that, will the baby, you know, catch it from the mother? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the best that we can do now is just stay on top of the research that's coming out, you know, hope there's some new hope for a new vaccine that is on the horizon. Hopefully that materializes and will become available for everybody. And maybe that'll help um, slow the spread and, and eventually stop it. But for right now, I think just remembering that we're all in this together, that they have declared that masks are the way to go along with social distancing. And so I think that we just continue to do our part. Thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption. If you're listening and you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, Building Arizona Families is a local Arizona adoption agency and available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or just get you more information. You can also find out more information about Building Arizona Families on their website at azpregnancyhelp.com. Thanks also go out to Grapes for allowing us to use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to us. We'd really appreciate it. We also now have a website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Tune in next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Raines.